Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the rest of the review. No time for the intro. Let's get right into it. I'm... <laughs> no time to introduce ourselves. Me, Dylan, you, John, us, fucking... Yeah, us. Not where... We are both shirt-cocking it. With wearing condoms. Neither of our spouses Ooh. are near us. We just need extra protection because we're talking about... If there was any year, if you described the years of the WWF, WWE, and Vince McMahon's life using STDs, this one is gonorrhea crabs. This one, everyone talks about how 1995 was the worst fucking year of all time, but 1992 really fucking started it all, baby. Oh, YOLO. It starts real bad. 1992 is the antithesis of 1982, where it's like 1982 is... He's putting the building blocks in place to take over the world and to guarantee that even though you work only for me, you are a subcontractor and I owe you fucking nothing. And if your mom dies, you pay me for the right to have a funeral. Yeah, She's not dead until I say she is, for Christ's sakes. Yeah, and no. by the way, no wrestler's moms could be buried until The Undertaker debuted. That was the interesting thing, is he didn't ignore... Like, <laughs> now, I understand... She has just died, but we do need to get the Undertaker over, so we're going to need your mom's body. Yeah, is it possible for you to uh, go get the casket you were going to use for her and let me use it for Mark Calloway because you have to be a mortician to buy coffins, which is a fun fact that they learned once the Undertaker came ca coffins, and they're like, we're not just selling you a coffin. You need, like, a reason, and they're like, ah, uh, shit. Paul Bearer, or... Mm. Bill Moody came in and he's like, I'm an actual mortician. I will just buy the coffins wholesale because I have a license. And they were like, oh, thank God. Oh, thank God. Anyway, Snooker, you can stop dating that woman. <laughs> we don't need that to happen anymore. Yeah, Jimmy Snooker, by the way, for his WrestleMania 7 appearance, was just paid in four caskets and a uh, a phone with a only a lawyer's number like programmed in it. All the other numbers were removed because it was a landline. So he would within very quickly, he would just dial a lawyer. <laughs> I am very excited to talk about 1992. This is going to be good. January 1992, January 3rd to be specific. It's not long after the sentencing of George Zahorian, Inside Edition runs an episode on steroids and wrestling, baby. And this starts when Billy Graham, Dave Schultz, and Dave Schultz's daughter, Jesse, the Holy Trinity. Well, not the Holy Trinity, actually, because Bruno San Martino is the Holy Trinity of just wild shit they say about Vince McMahon. Hulk Hogan, <laughs> I, <laughs> Billy Graham said backstage he just saw a molestation, just tons of it. And by the way, he would just be fucking warming up, slapping the arms, a pit, applying the tape, and there's some molestation there. And Billy Graham says, "I better not interrupt. I am a Christian after this all." This is the craziest thing about wrestling. Is by the way, Billy Graham recounted that just being like, "I was just piling on," which is the <laughs> yeah, he just. Because that's the fucking heat. These guys have no idea how you actually convict someone because they say something that happened and then they say another thing where it's like, and I saw Vince McMahon personally hang out with Hitler and talk about how they have great similar ideas. It's interesting because Billy Graham, all of his statements start with, uh, now is this a shoot or are we doing kayfabe? Yeah. He, he puts on that. He's like, uh, do you want me to say baby and daddy? And they're like, please don't. And he's like, too late, baby. I'm master of disaster. I'm the one that's the last chancer. Hulk Hogan is a sexual aggressor. Like, it's just like, uh, Mr. Graham, this is a court of law. Ooh, I'm so cool. You're a fool. Sit down, Mr. Graham. Sit down. <laughs> and if you viewed uh, the official attorney for the WWE, Jerry McDivitt, 
as like a uh, as like uh maybe he's like a boxer this is when he wins the world title and he's successfully defended it for the last 28 years because i looked up his bio at his law firm where he's a partner and you better believe it's like basically sprinkled in some civil suits of like actual wrongdoings that were done that he i don't know if he did them pro bono but essentially like Oh, I helped this uh, mother of three who was widowed sue, uh, like, I forget what the company is, but let's say Target, and she got a lot of money. And now a list of people who <laughs> accused Vince McMahon of sexual assault that I then rebuffed and promptly exported. Here, you know? Here's how, this is, was Jerry McDivitt's first interview with Vince McMahon. He met Vince McMahon, Vince McMahon left, he called his wife and was like, how many pools do you want in the backyard of the house we're about to buy? <laughs> he showed up, right? They showed up, and McDivitt and McDivitt was uh, stood up. Vince Vince sat. McDivitt stood. So Vince sat, and then Vince stood rather. So they're both standing, and then McDivitt was like, "I like this game." And then he brought, and then he stood on top of a chair, and Vince stood on top of a chair, and they stared at each other in the eyes for a solid three minutes, and then they took out their dicks, and then Vince said, "Finally, someone that speaks my language." <laughs> And then they celebrated by just killing a homeless yeah, man. Yeah, it was the weirdest. It's because uh, Vince was like, "Well, how do we sign the contract?" And Jerry was like, "Usually with ink." And Vince took that as, "Oh, we need the blood of a homeless man." And Jerry is a real Jerry's a real go along to get along kind of guy. So he was just like, "Well, I'll have a lot of explaining to do if this ever comes out." Luckily, it won't. And then he called his Michael Clayton esque uh fixer who took care of the whole thing now on inside edition these were some of the schultz schultz allegations by the way i love that by the way this is great david schultz got his daughter jesse involved like david schultz is just like we need to corroborate it <laughs> um, this poor woman i'm dr d this is my daughter her name is pussy for sale <laughs> get ready to meet my cum that talks <laughs> <laughs> Um, these are the following allegations that he nor Hogan would have achieved success in the industry without steroids and Hogan may not have even entered professional wrestling without them. Hogan used excessive amounts of uh, steroids for years and that he had injected steroids with uh, um, with Hogan hundreds of times, mainly in the buttocks, thigh and tricep areas that Hogan use, had his used access used his access to anabolic steroids to get into the professional wrestling business in Pensacola when he was just a big clumsy guy and claimed that he was a black market steroid distributor teaching many Pensacola wrestlers how to use steroids as well surprising uh, supplying them yeah that yeah. In the so this is the this is yes yeah, in 1984 uh, Vince uh, told him to gain some weight before they could program him with Hogan for the title he also claimed told him to see a doctor to get his arms bigger that he bought Steroids from Hogan bringing a $300 check he had written to Terry Bollea, though the Inside Edition did not air that because it's obvious that that can't be credible evidence, be, uh, nor that the check was actually for steroids. <laughs> I mean, I know it was for steroids. Because and, then he, and, then, and then he said, you know what? Even though this is illegal, I do... No, it's actually not illegal yet. So he's basically saying... Basically, this is the this is the idea of like, yeah, this guy sold me some moonshine before prohibition. Like, this isn't. But saying he's like a steroid dealer specifically is like David Schultz could just say, yes, Hulk Hogan used steroids. Yes, he used it to improve his physique. But he's a wrestler, so he's got to wrestler it up. Yeah, like it's it's the it's the it's the and Vince McMahon is the worst at this. By the way, is that 
okay, I'm going to he the things they're truthful about are the worst and then the things that they lie about, it's like you always choose the things we could check. Like why would you ever say like Yeah. It's like Dusty Rhodes being like, you know, Madonna's going to be in um the next Gold Dust promo and it's like no, she's not. We can look that up. Like, what are you talking about? Why would you lie about that? <laughs> Billy Graham made three claims, all three of them. He starts out really well, essentially. Billy Graham says that when the WWF instituted the cocaine tests in 1987, wrestlers just started traveling with clean urine, so totally believable. When, which, I mean, it sounds fucking gross, but, like, athletes do it all the time. When Hogan first went on steroids, he knew so little, he just took one steroid shot per day for an entire year. Yeah, because Billy Graham does claim that he taught Hollywood Hulk Hogan how to use steroids, and the WWF told Hogan to cover up his steroid use. Totally believable. And then he just starts saying, Pat Patterson sucked me off because he thought I was a ring boy. <laughs> That's when yeah, he... Yeah, but what's amazing about... And by the way, I do believe that the ring sco- uh, boy scandal happened. It was absolutely fucking egregious. And But it wasn't Pat Patterson. That was the thing. Pat Patterson was clearly like, it was two gay men, and then... They basically said, well, he's probably doing it. He's gay, too. And then they just lumped Pat Patterson in. That's pretty much what everyone has agreed to. I am not an attorney. I don't know. Um, Also, I just want to make it very clear. So very fucking clear. How fucking scary. Make it clear. It is that they all had. Looking all those wrestlers in the 80s, you're like, you all have piss in your bag. Like, that's probably where (laughs) the shitting in people's bags came from, is that Six Pac was on so much fucking cocaine in the 90s he's like well what if we what if they test her shit what if they test her shit man we got a lot of shit in our bags yeah randy orton was actually trying to do a very nice thing for stephanie mcmahon she just misunderstood the gift yeah, they were like well jerry lawler's new he may not know that we need to have shit on our stuff shit in his crown he the shit will absorb into his skin and then he won't be testing for steroids the viper got you a birthday <laughs> present stephanie am i gonna go smoke two menthol cigarettes near a baby <laughs> um, you gotta train your kid to have tough lungs that's what the viper says i pray to god that mean gene oakland was distributing the urine and he was just like welcome everyone to my urine stand where do i get the urine from the people that i meet that don't get to see their families anymore i extract the urine with a long old-timey syringe and then sell it in medicine jars <laughs> this is 100 percent Fear P. <laughs> now, an interview with the Barbarian. Ah, ladies and gentlemen, if you're looking to uh, subvert laws, just call Mean Jeans WCW Hotline. That's right, you can get information about Ming and also where to purchase plasma that well fe- that has fear in it. Fear cannot be detected by most drug tests. <laughs> Unless I have time with the victim. And then it spikes as high as a cocaine addiction. <laughs> so, Dave Meltzer basically asked Billy Graham... Why did you decide to speak out? And he said that the fucking Arsenio Hall thing pissed him off so fucking much. And he also says uh, he was pissed off because Hulk Hogan did not have to speak in the trial of George Zahorian, even though as precedent, which he's completely correct about, Ronald Reagan had to speak in the Oliver North case about the Iran Contra, about Iran Contra. But fucking Hulk Hogan can get away from this shit because, like I said, this is going to come up. Over and over in the steroid scandal, but uh, it's pretty simple that the, the I don't know if the U.S. government did it explicitly, but they basically went, well, you can pretty, this is pretty much a layup. Just send uh, our dumb attorneys. Oh, yeah. That's the, it's the, it's also one of those things where it's something that you learn if you. I shouldn't say, not that they were dumb, they underestimated pro wrestling. 
that they'll just that they just lie. <laughs> it's also the thing with the Justice Department is the Justice Department is covering so many crazy. They're like, all right, well, we need our best prosecutor to go to be making sure that um, this war criminal general that we have, are doing in a sealed trial ends up in a quiet stockade so he doesn't come out and try and kill the president. So just a slightly less experienced prosecutor is going up against just a group of liars. Like, it's one of those things where it's like, they don't even know that, they don't know what a lie, I guarantee if you asked Vince McMahon what a lie was, and he was like, I don't know that word. You mean the, you mean the thing that Linda does when she's tired? I don't do that. <laughs> Lying? Oh. Oh, you mean saying what I think? Yes, I know what that There's is. There's two types of opinions. Mine, and then the ones I think of when I'm I'm, I'm not talking. Those are thoughts, Vince. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> so Billy Graham basically tries to rally a bunch of the support, and this is where it gets real fun. Uh, he starts discrediting himself, saying, The FBI told me the reason they're concerned and interested in McMahon is because they felt he might be connected to the uh, mafia. If anything happens to me or a member of my family, I want the FBI to start their investigations with Vince McMahon and the WWF. I would pay so much money to know if John Gotti and Vince McMahon sat down and had a conversation because it would have been the most insane thing in the entire world. Just like one guy, one guy who's clearly just an Irish maniac versus an Italian maniac. Oh my God, it would have been good stuff. Because the, the the mafia he would have been connected with is the Gambinos because the Gambinos were the most heavily associated with Madison Square Garden. He wasn't in the mafia, by the way. Like the mafia wouldn't touch wrestling because there's no there's no profit in it for them. I'm sure Vince McMahon spoke to a union representative, but there is no way the mafia at this moment in 1992 was giving a fuck about pro wrestling. It's just so funny that they were like, how did this fucking maniac get this successful? He has to be involved with the mob. He came in and asked to use the toilet and then they shit in my waste paper basket and then let me know that I am now his quote-unquote daughter. There's no way that this guy <laughs> could get a bank loan. He has to be mobbed up. No, it's much scarier. The world is just hell. Yeah, the government's two main witnesses. One says the FBI is uh, the, the mafia and WWF essentially run our, and are one and the same. And then Dave Schultz, uh, just for posterity, says he carries a Mac fully automatic and about 150 rounds at all times. And he says if he sees Vince McMahon, I'm going to fucking shoot him. So those are your key yeah, witnesses. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and and then we're going to and then towards the end of the year, of course, it becomes solidified. Nails is a key witness where he's like... <laughs> Knocks Vince McMahon unconscious and then is like, you did gay stuff yeah. to me. Your face <laughs> touched my hand like two gay people. I'm not from San Francisco. <laughs> Which is something I assume a UFC fighter will do soon where it's like, not only did I win, instead of putting losing, put that he's gay <laughs> oh, yeah, we are Here's the thing. If, if they had actually gone to Fighter Island, I guarantee where it's just the UFC fighters and they're not there with their trainers and you got a microphone in front of them. Oh, we were going to hear some crazy shit. Oh, yeah. I mean, you already see that. It's just no one watches the prelims because those guys don't make it to the main card usually. But there's a guy who was like, do you have any comments about your win? And he's like, I do. Barack Obama is not a U.S. citizen and your lies will be exposed. And then they're like, oh, we're getting cut off. He's like, we, we have, don't we have a bunch of TV time? He's like, no, we're getting cut off. <laughs> And then the last guy said, uh, Donald Trump, you want me to choke out some of these protesters? You just fucking call me, baby. I'm Bryce Mitchell. Give him my goddamn camo shorts, motherfuckers. <laughs> <laughs> that was all he said. 
because they you you can either you can wear like a selection of colored trunks, which is fucking stupid. Um, and he's been fucking calling for camo shorts. He fights really smart, but he speaks really dumb. Bryce Mitchell. I mean, this is the best. UFC is the best because UFC answers the question: Where did all the crazy people that used to just be territorial wrestlers go? And it's they do they it's do true. a bit more CrossFit, and now they're in the UFC. Like, bear in mind, yeah, nerds are wrestlers, psychopaths are in the UFC. Yeah, like. The thing is, is that everyone talks about, and this uh, we'll get back to the point in a second, but it's like Conor McGregor is very similar to Ric Flair in that both of them are the mainstream version of the maniacs that you find, and that Conor and Rick are both talking about suits and are probably right wing but don't care to talk about it. But they're like, I guarantee if you got Arn Anderson or whoever Conor McGregor trains with talking, it like they're gonna say this sentence it's not that all lives matter. It's that certain lives don't, and then they won't blink for a solid minute and a half. <laughs> yeah, that, but here's the thing that is so fascinating about the times we're living in looking back is that fuck me is Vince McMahon lucky that this isn't, he's not in the fight now. If all of this was happening. We're not even, this is, so we just covered, we kind of touched on the Ring Boys But scandal. we're just still in January. We're like one of six things that happens in this fucking yeah, year. Yeah, bear in mind, we are still in January. This is... January. We're in fucking January. <laughs> We're in. So this is my. All right. So I wanted to talk. Phil Mushnick. Do you know much about Phil Mushnick? He's the television writer for the New York Post, which is a right wing newspaper in New York. And I guarantee was Vince's favorite newspaper, which is why he quickly became an enemy. Because Phil Mushnick, rightly so, as a journalist, was just like, this is an interesting thing to cover. This is in our backyard. We are going to fucking go for this. And he's the son of Sam Mushnick, who for years was the head of the NWA. And he basically every week writes an op-ed about how Vince McMahon is a piece of shit. Also, Phil Mushnick, if you want to fucking, if you want to keep talking, baby girl. This guy's got like 19 racist scandals. And uh, here is my favorite one. These are the words of Phil Mushnick. I am just going to find... Bear bear in mind, this is how... This is how crazy disliked in the wrestling business Phil Mushnick is. Jim Cornette doesn't like him. And Jim Cornette, like, okay. this is everything Jim Cornette likes in a guy. He doesn't like the WWF, and he's racist. And he works in newspapers. And he's NWA. And he was, like, the former fucking... This is basically... Jim Cornette hates him. It's like he's Jesus Christ, because in, in Jim Cornette's mind, Sam Mushnick was God, and he's been convinced to hate Jim, Jim Cornette's going to hate this statement. That was in, If wrestling was a religion, Jim Cornette would be Jewish and the people that like Phil Muchnick would be Christian. And Jim Cornette's going to hate that because you know that he's a bit bad. Like he wouldn't say he's anti-Semitic, but he would say those people if you're eating a bagel in front of him. <laughs> so this is Phil Muchnick. May 4th, 2012. Jay-Z has bought the Brooklyn Nets and he's changing the colors to be black and white. And here's what Phil Mushnick had to say about that. If you think it, if, if you've already jumped to a conclusion about how bad it is, it's worse. As long as the Nets are allowing Jay-Z to call their marketing shots, what it shows that he chose black and white as the new team colors, as the next explains their uh, as the next explained their new urban home. Why not have him apply the full Jay-Z treatment? John, after I say this, how bad does it get? Ooh, all right, I'm going to use it on a scale of one to your uncle that's not at, always at family events, but sometimes shows up and everyone gets very tense. I'm going to go, he's there, 
He's already had a lot of ham. He's had more liquor than you thought he could have had based on how many cups. And we are about to hear, har- like, immediately the phrase urban home. When I've been to where the Nets play, it's essentially just a shopping mall near a subway. Like, like what are you talking about? It's, a, it's in a suburb of... Br- oh, buddy. This is, this is essentially your drunk uncle asking, uh, asking his niece why his daughter's friends aren't around. Oh, this is how bad it yeah. gets. It wasn't until he added the next part. All right, that's sorry. Uh, why the Brooklyn Nets when they can be the New York N-words? The cheerleaders can be the Brooklyn bitches or hoes. N- team logo, a nine millimeter with hollow tip shell casings strewn beneath. Wanna be Jay-Z hip? Then go all the way. He still works for that paper eight a years later. fucking bitch. What a little baby What a b- fucking boy. piece of shit. And then afterwards, afterwards, he's like, I didn't do anything wrong. He doubles down afterwards. Hey, Phil, Na- Phil Muchnick. Hey, Phil Muchnick. Right now, my name is John Hastings. I live in Los Angeles. I'm going to fucking physically fight you, you backwards baby boy. Oh, the world isn't exactly like you liked it when your dad was a fucking loser, mistreater of human beings and only probably talked to Harley Race because he was like, he's got curly hair, which I don't respect because he's an Irishman, but he's got big fists and I hope he fucks my wife because no man in your family <laughs> can get that erection, you limp dick little fuck. What a fuck. fucking Go piece fuck of yourself. fucking shit. You work for the New York Post and I hope to God you die in an elevator fire and the little hatch opens up and it's and it's Jay Z who for some reason is a volunteer fireman in this scenario where you're dying and he goes oh never mind and seals it and you slowly suffocate to death and just before you die the doors do open and I'm there and I can come on your dead body you little fucking <laughs> fuck you're everything that's wrong with the world when you're dead the world will be actively a better place your entire family doesn't like you your kids all will be better off when you're dead and the new york post i will now forever use as uh, shit rags because i'm no longer using toilets i'm going to cover my bathroom in the new york post columns that you use and i'm going to shit on them like a little puppy that doesn't know how to use a toilet like you because you're a little baby you're a baby boy go ahead dylan what a sack of fucking shit that guy is, but he's one of the main enemies of the WWE. Just to make you just to make you realize that like all of their enemies, Vince McMahon can go, well, look at them. And like Vince McMahon at least is trying to hide his crimes, and these guys are just telling people about their crimes like they're cool stories. Hello, Phil Muchnick here. Here's the couple of things. I don't like it when my athletes use steroids, and I do not like it when they are not white people. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, pretty much. Like, like that's pretty much it. He's like, here are some. Here are the worst wrestlers that I've ever seen. Anyone that tans, okay. <laughs> End of list. If you don't burn like a fucking hot dog on a on a hot grill in the sun after fu- your skin should essentially be like me cooking a burger on a grill as soon as you get in the sun. Otherwise, you're a bad How person. How can Phil Muchnick live in New York and someone hasn't just physically attacked him at this point? It's crazy, man. It's crazy. It's crazy that he. I mean, I don't know, man, because he's old, I guess. But, but like, said- it's been eight years of like. Don Cherry got fired for being racist, and Phil Mushnick is just still fine. I you know what I mean? It's crazy. Where it's he just hasn't done it in the right moment. If he does anything now, he's fucking his goose is cooked. Like it's the thing is, Don Cherry said worse things than what he said. For those of you who don't know, Don Cherry was a hockey commentator who dressed like a Chesterfield and was essentially just. A, <laughs> this is how fucking. 
prejudice. He he's a right wing clown. He, didn't like, he doesn't like Europeans playing hockey. Yeah, this is that's how racist he is. Uh, Czechoslovakia, more like a uh, uh, communist might know a Jewish person to stand. Get out! Uh, Don Cherry was fired uh, last year for saying something incredibly inappropriate and definitely fucking prejudiced. He had said much worse things. Oh, I mean, this is the thing, is that he'll basically be uh, fired, Phil Mushnick will, hopefully, and it'll be like the 17th worst thing he's ever said. That probably being number one. Anyway, so that's fucking terrifying, isn't it? Uh, So... This is interesting. This is how Vince Russo gets into the WWF oh, because no. Vince Russo, yeah, because he starts writing basically, uh, he starts, he's like the only voice on the WWF side. <laughs> he starts writing in a calma about, uh, about how the WWF basically isn't liable and who gives a shit, fuck off, all these guys are fucking losers. And Linda McMahon notices it, and bada bing, bada boom, he starts writing for WWF Magazine, and then we all know how that turns out. WCW 2000 is the greatest company Absolutely. of all time. Here's what I'm looking for in a wrestling company, Scott Steiner only. Bro, what if this happened, bro? What if, all right, we cut the heads off the women, bro. They're just tits now. Just tit match. What do you think? Yeah, bro. bro. Okay, it's a uh, it's a me getting sucked off on a pole match, and then it's just a bunch of ladies. <laughs> and they they all fight to suck me off, bro. And then Buff Bagwell comes out and he just talks for like 45 minutes, bro. Okay, this is a good match, bro. How about this? It's me on a pole match. The only person in the match is Buff Bagwell. And then we make love and kiss on bro, the neck, bro. Bro, here's the match. Me and Phil Muchnick, just we get in the ring and we just talk about how he's right. <laughs> oh, all right. So July 17th, Bret Hart loses his title to the Mountie and then who then loses it to Roddy Piper. They do so many fucking more title switches this year than they ever do before. That not not until the Attitude Era does the belt change hands this much in this year. It's crazy. Well, this is the thing about they always basically stuck with their champions. And this is and this time there's so much turmoil and Vince is so worried about going to jail that they just fucking flip-flop so many times. Like I think yeah. Brett wins and loses... No, Brett loses the title to the Mountie on July 17th. That's after WrestleMania. I'm a big fuck... No, that was... Uh, of, of course. It was January yeah, 17th. He loses Sorry. it in Jan January 17th. They claim he had a fever. Uh, the reason for this loss, by the way, is because he had signed a d contract with WCW and he was out the door. As it turned out, he ended up staying partly because his WWF contract had already rolled over and he didn't know that. Bruce Pritchard is out the door for dumb, dumb. for a brief period of time. and he's, well, I actually don't know why Bruce Pritchard left at this moment. I'm sure he's disgusted, it, but he basically was just out for a bit. Uh, he uh, states that um, Roddy Piper, who was facing Bret Hart, that originally the plan was for Roddy to give Bret his last match in the WWF at WrestleMania 8. Bret sends him staying, so Bret wins uh, on January the 19th. Arguably the best Royal Rumble of all time takes place. It was not a commercial success. 17,000 in, in At attendance. All. Uh, and the buy rate was down 200,000 from the... Uh, yeah, it was uh, four... Oh, yeah. 444,000 the previous year, 260,000, a drop of 180,000 right. well, for well, what everyone believes is the greatest Royal Rumble of all time. Proving once again, us nerds are wrong about shit quite yeah, often. Because you need fucking... You, no, they had Hogan. And uh, you know what? Hulk Hogan? 
Hulk Hogan started being a dick in this one because he basically gets fairly eliminated by Sid Justice and then he fucking flips out like a little baby back bitch. Ric Flair ends up winning the Rumble. And it's the best Rumble of all time. It solidifies Ric Flair uh, as one of the best wrestlers of his generation. And also this could have been... Because by the way, they then they start building towards Hulk Hogan, Ric Flair in this moment for a match to the point that they hold a press conference, all that sort of stuff. They of course decide to... Um, um, Go back on that and um, go Flair Savage for this. Also at this Royal Rumble, Roddy Piper wins, I believe, his first title in the WWF. He The delicious Intercontinental title from the Mountie, as we already covered. And we are setting up for WrestleMania. Sid Justice versus Hulk Hogan in what they keep saying might be Hogan's last match for a while. Ooh, they, which they've done for like nine years. Yeah, they basically have done it a bunch of fucking times. This time is at least say it. And then they transition to Roddy Piper versus Ric Flair in one of the best setups and uses of Ric Flair's character versus Macho Man's character, which is Elizabeth was with me before she was with you, and I've got naked photos of her, and I'm going to show them on the big screen at the Hoosier Dome. It. Uh, how about great. this unofficial storyline title? I fucked your girl. <laughs> I fucked your girl. February, there's a raid by the St. Louis Police Department attempted on the WWF at the St. Louis Arena, but Blackjack Lanza tipped everybody off, so they fucking ke- keistered all their fucking yeah, needles. Yeah, Blackjack Lanza, by the way, in... Take all your needles and throw them in the garbage, boys, because the fucking fuzz is coming by. If anybody's got any fucking drugs on them, I'll eat them all, and then I'll fuck the cops. I don't Luckily, know. here in I'll fucking pant. I'll do the old pants backwards mouth eat out. That's when you lick their ass, if you don't know. That's why they call me Blackjack Lanza. It's because I've got bad eyes and I think poo is black. <laughs> I get- <laughs> haven't made a cop yet. It'll charge you after you suck his fucking toes. <laughs> you ever had your toes sucked by a 300 pound man? Lariat to the toes. <laughs> I'll never do that Blackjack Lanza impression like that again for sure. There's no way. If you ask me again, here's how we do impressions. We just do a voice and then sometimes they're good and then we have no re- remembering uh, whatsoever of the impression I mean, it was just afterwards. The image. <laughs> oh, a cop goes, sir, is that drugs? And then he just turns the cop around, pulls his pants down and then eats his ass and the cop goes, I guess they won't. <laughs> Oh, we're going to get some <laughs> iTunes comments from that one. Uh, very informative. A little too much tossed salad chat for my tastes. <laughs> Papa Shango debuts in the WWF because Vince is like, you know what? We're under steroids. <laughs> yeah. uh, let's do something that's 1980, not like 1800s racist, please. How about a black man that knows voodoo? Let's go, now, baby. Papa Shango is based off of the James Bond novel, The Live and Let Die. Um, and possibly the movie. I, yes. I assume it was the book because the book is way more racist. I don't think Vince McMahon has read a book that's not that one book about business and that one book about marketing he read, and then he just did all the things in that book plus scaring people. So I'm going to say he didn't read the book. What? Vince McMahon seeing a movie is an event, and every time he sees the movie, do you remember? And yeah, when he saw The Dark Knight, every single person was the Joker for a while. So yeah, when it was Edge Joker, and it was, what was so funny was it was like 2012. Like he saw it a full four years after it was a movie. 
yeah that's but that's what happens like he's gonna have next year he's gonna have a character that loves emo i mean i i mean you you know they're all praying he doesn't see rocket man because they're like we can't weather that storm if he he just he's like because <laughs> like, he he just wouldn't get it like uh, they're all on cocaine and they sing no wrestling no no <laughs> it's the 80s again get me my suit i'm dancing yeah, it's time for me to sing get terry and tell him i don't give a fuck if he has a computer in his spine he's leg dropping andre's skeleton <laughs> so in march actually should we take a break and then talk about this no. Let's okay, let's go. Let's go up till WrestleMania and then whatever. In March, Pat Patterson and Terry Garvin resign from the WWF amid accusations by former WWF ring boys Tom Cole and Murray Hodgson, as well as wrestler Barry Orton, alleging that the employment as a ring boy was contingent on providing sexual favors. And uh, most people agree Pat Patterson was just linked into this because he is also gay. And Terry Garvin was the was the bad boy Terry here. Garvin, Ooh, hello, doctor. <laughs> I mean, I don't think Ottawa pedophiles had a fucking exclusive deal with. No, white it was veins. literally there is a white van with a pedophile that's going around the city taking kids, and they conti- the police continually had to be like, "Please stop reporting this. There is no evidence of that. No, like they're literally like parents have called in four times to say that they saw a child getting snatched, and they're like." No child's been reported missing. Like, that didn't happen. Yeah. This, um, by the way, this uh, didn't happen. This is Canada, and it didn't yeah. happen. <laughs> it, this is Canada, and we know that uh, the Gott family is not in town, and they're the only people we would suspect of doing that. The Gotts have never even, they don't even talk to their kids, okay? <laughs> so you fucking take that back. You're right. I do take it back. <laughs> I'm sorry. I forgot. That would be showing too much compassion. As we all know, Dylan was raised in a house where he was born, and the first moment that he took a shit out of his diaper, his parents just leaned in and went, oh, I guess it's time for you get, to get a job. And then Dylan worked on, worked tilling the fields until he was 17 and went, you know what's funny? Exactly. And they were like, what? And then he just full, he did, he had never heard the song Break Stuff by Limp Biscuit, but he already knew the words. Just sang that at full blast and walked to Toronto. <laughs> Um, yeah, my grandfather and grandmother, their marriage was, he said, and then, uh, I, uh, with love and he's like, take the love word out, uh, put, put feeling and then you may now kiss handshake at yeah. best possible. Can we whittle it down to just a stern nod? Also, I'm not saying I do. I'm saying, okay. I want you, I want you all to know that I don't know if Dylan's exaggerating. I'm not saying the sickness and health part. I'm just going to say if everything works out exactly right. I'm going to say this right now. I don't know if Dylan's exaggerating because that one of Dylan's grandfathers, this is how he died. He was in the hospital for a bunch of cancer, said, give me a cigarette. He smoked it and then died. Dylan comes from. Exactly. A, a, That's how a man dies. A pack of terrifying men. My wife's grandfather <laughs> wouldn't tell anyone his birthday, <laughs> which is like. The coolest thing I've ever heard in my life. When's your birthday? No. (laughs) (laughs) Do not celebrate me. Go to field. Uh, Cake. I don't know why that's a Greek Uh, man, but do not celebrate me. I want you to know I'm I'm not king. I don't get cake. Now, quickly, go outside. (laughs) (laughs) Give me biggest piece of liver, and if I eat all of it, slap me in the face. Everyone knows liver is a two-meal meal. Now, if you'll excuse me, I'm going to go do my favorite activity, drinking vinegar in direct sunlight. <laughs> <laughs> I challenge son to beat me. 
<laughs> it's been 70 years. I defeat Son, Sun. You think you can burn me? Ha ha ha. I uh, intentionally did surgery to remove pain from brain, which is why I'm constantly bleeding <laughs> from not wearing shoes, because I am, again, not woman. <laughs> <laughs> my birthday is any time a cat gets put down. That is my birthday. <laughs> anyway. Uh, oh, it's a... Cole basically... So b- basically, Tom Cole alleges that uh, he um, was a gopher. He was molested. And uh, then essentially at another time uh, was asked over to Terry Garvin's house. Terry Garvin made advances on him. And when Cole said, no, nah, I'm good, they fired him. Yeah. And by the way, I 100% believe Tom Cole. Terry, Terry Garvin, by the way, was the... I get he he was the blonde haired one with the towel who did the Garvin stomp if for any five and he had disappears from wrestling the last time he's really ever heard from I believe which probably means he then wrestled another five years in the USWA Murray Hodgson who made direct accusations to Pat Patterson oh oh Murray Hodgson a former WWF television announcer who was fired in August 1991 filed a lawsuit in Connecticut alleging that um, his termination was a result of rejecting sexual advance from the WWF vice president according to documents on file Uh-oh. Connecticut and Hodgson's lawyers Edward Nussbaum WWF vice president Pat Patterson sought a her homosexual encounter with Hodgson last July Hodgson was approached by an openly homosexual vice president man Man, they really say that in a way that makes you feel like it was filled with hate. Vice President of the WWF, who is seeking a homosexual encounter, the document states. So, yeah, bad news. So Pat Patterson definitely left himself open um, for taking part of the blame in the Ring Boy scandal by, I assuming, flirting with Murray Hodgson and assuming that Murray Hodgson was down to clown and he was not down to clown and then Murray Hodgson was fired because let's be honest the WWF is still run by an evil son of a bitch Vince McMahon who probably did fire him because he was like wait that boy made Patterson I mean, yeah. feel bad get him um as you know I read one improv book it's called yes and motherfuckers <laughs> there's also allegations that Terry Garvin's assistant had a black book of kids around uh, the country and Tom Cole alleged that Garvin driven to his house, showed him porn, and asked, has your girlfriend ever sucked your dick like that? And then asking, let me suck your dick like that. And Tom refused, asked Garvin to drive him home, which he said he could not as it was snowing. And Cole slept in a makeshift bed outside and, of course, was fired the day after, just as I had stated before. This is bad and for... Context, Ring Boy Scandal, not only uh, the WWF, but a ton, a ton of arenas, uh, professional sports arenas in the 1980s had these exact same scandals. There was a scandal right here in Toronto, Ontario, Canada, in Maple Leaf Gardens, scandal. It was basically, good fucking Christ, this was... um. 1979 through about 1990, they had these longtime uh, people, uh, ushers, at the Maple Leaf Gardens, and they would, uh-oh, spaghettios, bad times, Ridgemont High, not One good. of them, by the way, that was caught, the ringleader of the Maple Leaf Gardens scandal, like, literally looked like, like, out of central casting a pedophile. Like, wispy mustache, terrible comb over, he's always in a shell jacket, like, he literally just, like... And, you know, it's and we're just friends. Like, just like you're like, oh, you're a fucking creep. Oh, yeah. People just weren't on the lookout. Oh, that guy's real friendly with kids. It was just that's what the 80s was. And then now, oh, God, 
This should have been on Patreon. <laughs> yeah, the 1992 episode should definitely have been on Patreon. This is a crazy thing. I don't know if anyone watched the... Uh, the there's 45 minutes. It's on YouTube. The Phil Donahue episode where Dave Meltzer is basically in the middle of Murray Hodgson and Vince McMahon screaming at each other. Tom Cole was hired by the WWF and given $150,000 back pay to just basically sit in the audience and be like, what Vince said is is correct. Oh, it's so fucking. So brutal. it's not like Vince isn't acting like covering all his bases. <laughs> Let's at the very least, he's covering all his bases. So basically, Murray Hodgson, the guy who everyone thinks made all that shit up just because Pat Patterson was gay and he was taking advantage of um, an opportunity for Tom Cole, who had some actual hard evidence, and they bought off the guy with the hard evidence because. He all this hundred fifty thousand dollars, two thirds went to paying his lawyers. So again, it's one of those things where I guarantee the incident happened with Murray Hodgson and Pat, Pat and then he was fired. I would I hazard to guess that that was more of Vince McMahon than Pat Patterson, and I guarantee Tom uh, Terry Garvin is a monster. Like I think it's one of those things where I'm not saying that Murray Hodgson, what happened to Murray Hodgson, didn't happen. I'm saying that. It. I don't believe, and I. This is based on no evidence. I don't believe Pat Patterson had a hand in it. I would have fucking no hugs for the kids, only handshakes once a Christmas. That's your only gift, Vince McMahon. Uh, the the limb you would have to go out on to say that there were pedophiles in the structure of the WWE in the eighties and nineties, when it's literally just children who want to beat Hulk Hogan is definitely there were pedophiles in the WWF. Uh, like, for sh- 100%, that was a thing in the 80s. Uh, if a fucking priest, if the Catholic Church is essentially a pedophile ring, I think the WWF probably had some bad stuff. Off's phones, uh, seven doesn't work from dialing Stanford so many times trying to just get a fucking <laughs> Oh, gross. Oh yeah, baby. That's sad. Wasn't that sad? So sad. I really miss the. I know you can't recreate it, but in a little while, I'm gonna need the Black Chan's Jack Lanza impression. Because, ladies and gentlemen, we are in March. Gary Michael Capetta said this in 2018. I'm very well aware of it. I knew of it. And if you know some gangs, uh, some of the goings on when I was there, yeah, there would be some bright-eyed youngs like high school-age kid who might want to get into wrestling someday and be fed information that. The only way you join the ring crew is hang out with us, and uh, yeah, that yeah. happened. Gary Michael Capetta, by the way, 100% believe him, and I guarantee he left the WWF with moral grounds and could say, why do you work for WCW? They're not fucking kids here. Good Lord. So, April 3rd, uh, Geraldo interviews Rita Chatterton. God damn it, we're not even at WrestleMania yet. We're going to have to start with the WrestleMania after the break because Rita Chatterton is one of... The least. This is the least reported this part is, of this, this era, is which crazy is this, this, this woman. Is the least reported part of the era, and it's this. The, everyone strap in to want to be to give uh, Vince McMahon the old Phil Muchnick treatment. He's awful. Go ahead, Dylan. This is when you could basically the very much the early '90s here, as far as uh, sexual assault morals go. Um, Reader Chatterton accused Vince McMahon of forcing himself on her. Making her perform oral sex, 
And then when she turned away, saying the act was worth half a million dollars a year and sorry, saying the act was worth half a million dollars a year and she better satisfy him. Vince and Linda claim this was part of a $5 million shakedown and sued Shatterton with the matter never being properly resolved in a court because they drowned her in legal fees. Oh, no. Vince McMahon and Linda McMahon. We're monsters. Oh, ho, 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 ho. Ooh, yeah. Vince is a big piece of shit. Also, there's, there's, uh, we'll probably have to have a whole episode on. The offenses of Vince McMahon entitled, he did one of these for sure. There's too many people accusing him. Yeah, because there's also the whole Federette scandal, which hasn't really come to light yet or we kind of missed out on. Was the Federette scandal. like 45 minutes, they had ladies that helped the wrestlers into the ring called the Federettes, and they had to stop, supposedly, which I heard in one shoot interview, or I've just made up, they had to stop having them because they all. <laughs> Very honest of you, to, or I just made it or up I just made now. This up, but I think I'm right. Is that they all? They had to stop it because they all accused Vince McMahon of sexual harassment. Like to a woman, they were all like, "That guy's a leery, touchy fucking creep." And their lawyers were like, "We agree, but we have to defend him." One swimming pool. See you in hell. That uh, yeah, and uh, also the fucking thing where. The one where he got the massage and then tried to put her hand on his pen 15 and then like when she fucking went, when she was like, no, he like found out where she lived and was like, you better not fucking tell anyone that fucking happened. Cool. That was on, that was in Deadspin. So look that one up. And on that sad note, we're going to start talking about WrestleMania after this. Ooh, so fun. Oh, let's get ready for what I'm going to talk about. What I'm going to say is my favorite WrestleMania. That's... A real big change. All right. I'm going to go get a Washington, which is what I call a Diet Coke, and we'll talk to you after the break. <laughs> it's a DC. I'm going to get a Lincoln. You know what that no. means? I don't either. <laughs> but I'm going to find well, out. After the break. Oh, hi, everyone. I think you're all wondering, does Dylan use condoms? No. And that's why you need to do- donate to Patreon, because he has a lot of children his wife doesn't know about. <laughs> I am the king. I coined the phrase risky cream pie. <laughs> and you need to give me to Patreon to help my maybe there's a baby fun. Patreon.com backslash wrestler review. If you don't want to do that, uh, you're a fucking loser. But if you're still a fucking loser and you're okay with that, rate us on iTunes. It does help with the algorithms for old fucking uh, Steve Slobs' goddamn Apple things. So rate us on iTunes, rate us on SoundCloud, rate us in real life, 1 to 10. Here's a hint, we're both 10s. Ooh, it's WrestleMania 8. I'm gonna, my favorite WrestleMania of all time. It starts so hot. Shawn Michaels beats Tito Santana, and they're using the best Shawn Michaels theme when uh, Sexy Boy was sung by Sherry Martell describing him. <laughs> I fucking love that theme, and I love how it effectively is, we're going to get a fucking lady... With the most annoying fucking voice we possibly can to sing a theme song. Theme song, it's specifically a great mid-card heel. Like, you can't have... You needed him singing the song kind of okay for him to move up the card because it was just too annoying. Like, you couldn't have him like, what a hard-fought 60-minute win. And then, oh, oh, Sean. Sarah Martell was the fucking best, the man. The best. It's also so funny when he was Christian and his theme song was still, because I'm a sexy boy, sexy boy. I fuck girls that aren't I, my wife. And I do cocaine. <laughs> I have a drifty eye. Drifty eye. Because I, I, I did cocaine and pills with a rapist. Yeah. 
I don't like gay people. He doesn't like gay people. He's a sexy boy. (laughs) Sexy boy, but not for gay guys. Don't look at me. Although he was in Playgirl, so who knows? Oh, my God. Um, We're going to get to talk about that when Shawn Michaels and Vince Mann were both like, call him gay. And and Brett was like, "Uh, I don't really want to, but I'll call him gay a couple times. I don't want to, but I am from Calgary and believe that they're bad. So you got it, Vince. (laughs) (laughs) You mean say the truth? I'll go out there and tell the truth. Brett, no. We've said it before and we'll say it again. There are the majority of Canada, if your coat is too nice, someone is accusing you of homosexuality. 100%. Like, do not go. Like, Halifax, Nova Scotia. John does not like it. I do. You want to know why I do? Because I had a... I had a big beard, and I wore baseball jerseys out there, and everyone was just like, oh, where do you work? But our friend Matt O'Brien, who wore a nice coat, has been slapped and punched there for no reason. Or reason. They gave him raisins after. Sorry, that was a Futurama reference. Real deep cut Futurama reference, if you like that reference. Suck me (laughs) off at my house. Ooh, I broke broke quarantine to suck off this fat guy. Um... (laughs) Yeah, ooh, I broke quarantine and now I have whatever he has. Is dandruff sexually transmitted? Yes. Yeah. Uh, I have what he has. <laughs> now you have dandruff in your soul. Dylan's coming up. You'll never get rid of Dylan's it. Dylan's coming in hot today, and I'll tell you what, I like it. So, it is very important to know this, that uh, WrestleMania was not good. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, actually, it only lost 10,000 people. As far as the buy rate goes, because WrestleMania definitely is the show of all shows by this point. But if you think about the roster they had on this WrestleMania, they had Ricky Flair versus Macho Man, Hulk Hogan versus Sid Vicious. They had Bret Hart versus Roddy Piper. They have undoubtedly the four biggest draws, four of the six biggest draws to this point. To, uh, in wrestling history, probably. Four of the six biggest draws in wrestling history on this television show, on this pay-per-view, and they only drew 390,000 people. That's because the steroid scandal, it's the confirmation bias of, like, that guy's yoked, he's on steroids. They finally basically have all these people accusing the WWF on steroids. And when you're thinking, what does that mean? We touched on it last week, but parents aren't going to... Le- like, in the fucking... How shitty TV was in the early 90s because everything was so puritanical before Pussy Fingers Clinton got in the fucking office. <laughs> Go ahead. Bill Clinton playing a saxophone was the closest most people ever thought they would have to, like, someone who wasn't the whitest person of all time being the president until Obama. This is how crazy America went when they elected a black guy. The next guy they elected is Donald Trump. Like, it, it goes to show... How yeah. fucking backwards America is is like, well, we elected one black guy. Now to elect someone who's not even basically human when it comes to emotions. Yeah. Like, as Patton Oswalt has a really great joke about that where he says, this is how it's going to work from now on. Like, eventually there is going to be a female president. Eventually there's going to be a female lesbian president. But it's just after that female lesbian president is put in the office. There's going to be basically Yosemite Sam as the guy who they voted yeah, afterwards. Yeah, Dana Gould has a, a funny bit about that as well, which is, is basically that back and forth, which he goes, what basically that means is that there, somewhere a pit bull that only bites gay people has just been elected to a school board. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, baby. So Shawn Michaels 
is on WrestleMania, and this is when they start bump, 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 bumping it up for Shawn Michaels because much like we talked about, Bret Hart gets a big push here because uh, they put the title back on Flair and Savage wins the title, of course, on this show because, pardon me, because these are smaller guys and they're not steroid heads. They're going to keep Sid Vicious after this show, even though he loses to Hulk Hogan, but he just disappears because he fails to steroid. Yeah, he fails steroids and he's like, well, fuck this. Also, uh, we touched on this briefly, but they were going to set up Richard Fleer versus Terry Balea, but then they basically would run one area with that match once, and the next time they came back, no draw. They would not draw as well, so they moved off of that pretty quickly to Sid Justice versus, of course, Hulk Hogan. And it makes sense because they never set up Flair as this crazy guy he was in the NWA. He never, other than winning the Royal Rumble, he always cheated to win. He basically was the million dollar man just with like his finish. You have to have a guy go over with his finishing moves solid for a year. And it's going to be an uphill battle, honestly, with Ric Flair anyway, because everyone else looks jacked as shit. And this dude has just like a good body at the beach kind what of. What they need. You know what they, I mean? they needed to also lean into the fact that this guy is an asshole, vindictive, crazy person. And exactly what they needed to do was after WrestleMania 8, and they, if they wanted to set up for WrestleMania 9, which they didn't really do, is after WrestleMania um, 8, you get Hogan on TV one more time, uh, and Rick, who is angry that he doesn't have the title and wants to come out, and him and Hogan have an interaction, and Hogan, a Piper, or no, Perfect, and Flair beat the shit out of Hogan, and they have Flair put the figure four on Hogan's leg, and they break his leg, and Hogan is gone. They would never have yeah, done that. Do but if they had, that's so, yeah. WrestleMania nine would have been huge. Hogan would have never let that happen because here's the other thing about Hulk Hogan is he's very much kept his sway by consistently just keeping on that power where it's like, well, when every time I'm on a pay per view, you draw really well, and Hulk Hogan basically invented the style of WrestleMania that they keep on doing to this day, which is main guy comes back for three months a year, big bump for WrestleMania, big bump for Rumble, leaves again to do own thing. Like wrestling, they say, doesn't have a season, but it definitely does. SummerSlam is the start of people watching wrestling, and then WrestleMania is the end of it. There's about... There's a bunch of months where no one gives a flying fuck about professional wrestling. SummerSlam is literally opening day for wrestling. Yeah, and, and it's not and it's a slow burn. It's like baseball opening day where you're like, okay, good. Yeah. That's something that I'll care about in six months. <laughs> exactly. You kinda have now you kinda have to know who wins money in the bank, but you can just read about that. Like it's you it's just a dirt. You do not of- need to know that. Dylan is a liar and he's wrong. This is a million times better than the last WrestleMania because there's 62,167 people. Think about what they did. They tried to profit off of the Gulf War and then it got and then uh, they're pedophiles and then steroids. I'm not even including the Rita Chatterton thing in there because, like I said, it's 1992 and it's like, if that bitch don't have a tape, that didn't happen. That's everyone's attitude, uh, which sounds fucking yeah, terrifying. It's the fucking worst world. In the, it's, the world is hell and it always has been. Um, the world is hell as always has been. John Hastings, new Edinburgh show over Zoom. Yeah. I'm selling <laughs> no tickets, though. It's just for me. Ooh, it's just me and my mom. She's just me and my dad. Whoa. 
Ah, cool. Uh, the other thing is, in the middle of a steroid scandal, uh, where all eyes are on the super-built wrestlers, Dylan, what wrestler would you definitely bring back in all of that? Super-built wrestler? Yeah, super-hot, never-used-steroids, but have big muscles wrestler. Fuck. Uh, Andre the Giant's still alive, right? Andre. Uh, Roll him out on that bed. You know, that would have actually been a way better idea. Stand me up. I still don't want to lose. I want to see if I can feel my feet. No. <laughs> don't you have diabetes, Andre? No. I... Uh, it's kind of a salad of illnesses at this I point, so to catch one would be to detract from the other ones, and I'm equal opportunity. My esophagus is detached from my stomach, so to get drunk, I put vodka in my bum, and I <laughs> put my feet in wine. <laughs> <laughs> I have what's known as upside-down throat. I have two throats. They're both in my legs. Yeah, yeah. It's not really just a throat. It's Arnold Skolan just put a uh, scuba tube and then cut into my leg and put it in there. <laughs> <laughs> John, who the fuck did they hire you? Fuck Ultimate Warriors back. Let's get in. They shouldn't get married. Never let them get married. If you're from not exactly my city, you shouldn't be allowed to vote. My wife is hired by NXT. There's literally no reason for that. Oh, because they wanted to they wanted to make a better public image. because Ultimate Warrior passed away and they have the Warrior Foundation Warrior Foundation, which is um, against cancer, and they're just fucking ignoring the fact that on a microphone, basically, Ultimate, War they were like, "Hey, Ultimate Warrior, go do a feud with Goldust." He's like, "Cool, I'm gonna call him the F word and not the one with that it rhymes with yuck." And they're like, "Uh, please don't." And he's like, "Too late. I'm telling people who I am." Yeah, it's something. Here's the thing. You know, knows Ultimate Warrior actually financed the invention of text messaging, so he could just text that word to Dustin Reynolds whenever he wanted. Yeah, he's. Like Ultimate Warrior, that anti-Jewish stuff and anti-Muslim stuff. The Ultimate Warrior was basically Donald Trump if he worked out. Dun 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 dun. dun Trump is good with me. To build the wall out of skeletons. Dun 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 dun. Jesus Christ. So Bret Hart beats Roddy Piper. Hart blades. Everyone loves Bret Hart. Now he's getting a ton of fan mail, and. There's actually a one Vin thing Vince does here in the later in the year uh, that is really cool with regards to Bret Hart. Pardon me, just one sec. Oh, I mean, I'm drinking the sodi water too. Ric Flair no, so loses the WWF title to uh, Randy Savage, and apparently during this angle, Flair was always promising like you're gonna see fucking a bunch of Miss Elizabeth pussy wise and titties wise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Saying his specific words were. The only thing on this picture is the staple uh, between the pages, and Randy blocked that. Of course, they are having trouble because Miss Elizabeth is making a great decision in leaving uh, yeah, his she, fucking weird yeah, ass. Well, Mrs. Elizabeth, at this point, had left. It also caused a rift between Hulk Hogan and Randy Savage because Hulk Hogan and his wife at the time, Linda Hogan, uh basically were like like she came to stay with them for a week when randy was on the road and then she like just met some people that were nice to her and she was like is this what friendship is and they were like yeah and she was like i gotta get out of my marriage and then randy was like you turned my wife against me which like good good for them they should have done that you weird fucking psychopath 
Man, there's so many layers of wrestling because like wrestling, once you try and hate one guy, you have to hate another guy and you just never in watching wrestling, never come to the realization like, oh, all my child, my childhood was filled with uh, criminals and uh, people that should have been jailed. The thing that I loved as a child that got me through was uh, one big white collar criminal uh, having a company for a bunch of other different types of criminals. It was a rapist that was in charge of rapist racists. Oh, God. Yeah. That was that was our child. That was who wrote our childhood. Isn't that fun? Here's the thing to remember. Bruce Pritchard, arguably one of the greatest and biggest liars ever. Mm -hmm. Possibly the most moral man to be a WWF executive. Yeah, and got fired for bringing a gun to work. And he's like, he's the normal one. He's the one that sets the good example. Now, don't ask him what's in the bag that's shaped like a gun, because it's actually two guns. (laughs) Sid, uh, Sid Justice loses to Hulk Hogan, of course. This is the famous part where... There was supposed to be interference by Papa Shango, but he missed his cue and Sid just had to kick out of the leg drop, but no one really reacted to it because you, it wasn't, people didn't almost surprisingly didn't really react to it because it was so bang, bang and they didn't sell it on commentary, which goes to show you like things are only as big as you selling them. Harvey Whippleman didn't catch spotting the referee out. Also, George mm-hmm. Animal Steel said of this that what the referee should have done was count one, two, and then fake a heart attack. <laughs> now, I, I assume he was joking, but George the Animal Steel is nutty but buddy, so you never know. That's true. And honestly, it's the WWF. Your, your character that you're trying to start a feud with Psycho Sid knows magic now. Yeah. So it's fine. Like, it's <laughs> as silly as it is. But Papa Shango, who, by the way, is w- widely known as one of the worst characters in wrestling history. Now everyone would love him because wrestling is embraced how fucking silly it is. Papa Shango is supposed to feud with Sid. Of course, Sid leaves. He feuds with Ultimate Warrior. It's uh, dumb as shit. Warrior's off the juice. So people, if you remember this, thought the Ultimate Warrior had died and then that was a different guy. Do you remember that rumor? <laughs> I mean... Hopefully the the original Ultimate Warrior was like not a racist, but I mean maybe they were both I mean, racist were and both just racist. like we'll replace him with another racist. Yeah. This is the fucking weird thing. Lex Luger has been signed by the WBF World Body Bodybuilding. Yeah, okay, sp- explain it, please. I'm I'm fucking sitting. I'm cross-legged. Oh, crisscross. Uh, I'm ready to learn. WrestleMania eight. Uh, Bobby Hannah and the WBF and not the WWF, and this was because. He had a long-term contract with the NWA and wanted to get out of there because Bill Watts was coming in, I believe. Oh, yeah. And Bill Watts had said to Lex Luger, I don't think you should be in the wrestling business. And Lex Luger is smart and was like, well, I better not work near that guy. Uh, And so uh, Lex Luger very quickly uh, calls the WWF. Now, his contract is ironclad because he was the first person to use an agent. So there was specific terms, one of which was you cannot work for a wrestling company. So Lex is like, oh, I have a sick body. Can I work for your bodybuilding company? And Vince said, yep. And, of course, promoted the fact that the Lex Luger, the total package, which he does use uh, uh, at WrestleMania 8, um, is coming to the WBF. The thought was also maybe that will drum up some interest for the WBF and breed crossover between the two companies, which is clearly what they were trying to do because Vince set this up before thinking about the steroid scandal aspects of it. But really... Lex Luger went to the WBF to get out of his WCW contract. Yep. And it was just a way to circumvent it. And if you ask me, 
that's why you have an agent because you know what? He'll fucking go to bat for you and you'll benefit such as this finding fun ways to basically pull the wool over rednecks eyes or people who aren't watching their business. I should say not exclusively rednecks, but just people who are fucking dumb. Um, pull the wool over their eyes, such as doing this, getting in through the WBF. Of course, he gets injured in a motorcycle accident and can't work for a while. By the time he comes back, the WBF has foldy, foldy, folded. So, um, Backlund, Bob Backlund makes his return in July. Fuck yeah. Finally, so I can get behind. His official return, because he is in the Royal Rumble. <laughs> Here's Bob Backlund, a guy who looks like a pedophile but isn't, unlike the rest of our wrestlers. He's the only guy that's sober in the morning. <laughs> he gets up. Don't worry, he's still a street preacher, which is terrifying. But he's atheist. He's a real confusing guy. So August third, a penthouse prints a cover story, written by Jeff Savage, uh, Savage, who broke the Ring Boy scandal. That's right, guys. Porn magazines used to have articles and they would actually do exposés on part of the world that no one really paid attention yeah. to and you just write them off saying no that's a porn I mean, magazine so who cares. Think about it this way, you know how the inter- you know think of the internet. That was just porn magazines. Like you're like, okay, I need to read something that's got fucking weird conspiracy theories and actual important news no one's talking about. And they're like, well, yeah. buy meat cheeks. <laughs> <laughs> but that's true though. Big, big. Some of the most informative articles about Vince McMahon are done by Playboy and Penthouse. Once again, is like the only thing that will basically. Hey, these women are saying they're being sexually assaulted. Leave that for the whore yeah. magazines. Leave the leave the jabber jabbers to the clappy clappy magazines. Yeah, exactly. If uh, <laughs> the Cosby thing would have been broken by like gapers magazine if this if the internet yeah, the wasn't internet, around you know what i mean was not a ronan farrell would have had to write that a wonderful piece in like the worst yeah, magazine you've ever jugs seen monthly yeah not jugs weekly which i yeah jugs to. weekly is quite right wing actually jugs monthly oddly is is a trotskyist mm-hmm. in its uh political <laughs> yeah jugs monthly yeah not not lenin trotsky um the one that believed that communists should never communism should never stop spreading which doesn't make any sense mm. August 29th, 1992, one of the most, my certainly one of the most uh, more well-remembered summer slams, which was in Wembley Stadium. Uh, 79,000 people show up. They, of course, bump that to 80, which isn't egregious. It's down 280,000 from just over 400,000 in buy rates the previous year. And they had a 65,000 ticket uh, presale for this which is crazy because you had to walk up to the venue and buy the tickets yeah this this was such a huge cuz the thing is is that Europe never got wrestling Europe only was the wrestling that they mm-hmm. were getting was modern current WWF so they didn't have the love of Hulk Hogan and also Bret Hart because of his style was very close to the style that all of these wrestling fans had grown up with their British wrestling German wrestling he became basically the Beatles for wrestling fans in Europe which was incredibly important and one of the reasons that Brett will never talk about or Vince will never really talk about of why he was consistently the champion moving forward from this year is because they are de- America is not a hot market for the WWF so they're going more international more often so you're going to have a fan or a wrestler that appeals to that fan base in the same way that in the 90 in the le- mid and late 90s they're in Canada a shitload because Brett is there and Brett's a big draw in Canada and then if you'll notice, Brett Lee's the Attitude Era, they don't really come to Canada that often. Towards the end of WCW, they're in Canada a shitload. 
Yeah, and this is another thing where they have a return match with Warrior and Randy Savage. Warrior wins by countout on this show for some fucking reason. Like, they loved the Ultimate Warrior so much. It's also because Warrior was supposed to turn heel at this event. Warrior nixed it and would be out of the company again very soon after. Uh, Not that soon after, but pretty soon after. Uh, Because they wanted Warrior to basically join up with Flair and be as heavy. I have to tell you, I think that might have worked because then Warrior would not have needed yeah. to speak. He could have just been this terrifying monster. He wouldn't even needed to wrestle. They could have used him like Jake Hager in his early part of his run in AEW where he just comes in, beats the fuck out of someone, and then just leaves. Yeah, but the Ultimate Warrior is only in wrestling for money and the financial hit you take when you take when you become a face or sorry a heel over a face especially in this era in no exclusively in the era of kayfabe where people still believe people were good and bad and not now where it's like they'll just buy buy a heel shirt because whatever yeah was immense which is crazy why I, we didn't touch on this but sid when sid justice came in in wwf vince was like we want you to be the new hulk hogan and sid said no <laughs> i want to be a heel which is crazy especially for a guy who loves money I can explain it, but Sorry. I can explain it. He also explain it to Sid's me. Sid's smart enough to he know everyone in the business knew the pressure Hogan was in and knew all the extra stuff Hogan had to do. And here's the Sid is a lazy man. Sid just loved his life, like all those fucking softball shit. I love oh, that. that he, he's like, I'm on the road 300 days a year still. Fuck this, I'm playing softball. I'm like, yeah. As he said to Jim Cornette, you know, maybe I'll just go back to selling farm chemicals. Yeah, who gives a shit? Also. Selling farm chemicals is a lot more work than just showing up and fucking saying you're from anywhere he damn pleases yeah. and then chokes. Oh, my God. Someone. And again, Sid Vicious, I would say my favorite of all the crazy promos ever. I am the master and I am the ruler of the world. Who's the man? Who's the man? Oh, I love him. I love him. I love his run in the in like the the, the beginnings of the Attitude Era. That's the best Sid Vicious ever because it ends with him. Oh, we're going to get to talk about that and how fucking over Sid Vicious was as like a come in and beat the shit out of everybody. And like I, this is for this is foreshadow, I guess, but I believe, I don't think Sid Vicious and Stone Cold Steve Austin could have coexisted in the same company because essentially Stone Cold Steve Austin was just a better version of the Psycho Sid character where it's just black, black trunks kill everybody, leave. Yeah, the only difference is, of course, Steve Austin never shit himself in the ring with The Undertaker. We will get to that <laughs> in three episodes, four, five episodes. Also, no one explicitly said this, but I listened to a couple of shoot interviews that he wore long boots because... Go ahead. He was ashamed that his calves weren't that I agree big. with him. He should be ashamed. As someone with, with juicy true. calves, it's one of my hot zones. <laughs> I'd say calves are one of my hot zones. Hawk here really embraces he being a drug addict. He just loses the titles to Money, Inc. No, sorry. Legion of Doom beat Money, Inc. And then go a and Hawk immediately just hangs out with the Hell's Angels and goes. What's even AWOL, more drug so. addict-y is he blames it on the fact they had to use a puppet. Why am I smoking crack? Cause the fucking puppet told me to. <laughs> uh, Bret Hart and v- British Bulldog have an amazing Speaking match. It really makes Bret Hart so good, man. The this 1992 is such a good year for Bret Hart. He has so many great matches. His promos are absolute not absolute dog shit he's like everyone who has been a champion in the wwf before this has been such a good promo like i don't think anyone really thinks about how every single person from 1984 starting with hulk hogan to literally 
till Bret Hart in 1992. So that's eight year run are some of the best promos of all time, excluding, of course, I mean, Warrior could still cut a good promo and was cool, and Sergeant Slaughter still cut a good promo. So it's like, Bret Hart's like, other than Ultimate Warrior, I guess, people fucking hate him, but whatever. The Warrior was over. He the was Warrior great. Warrior was great. And it's also, just speaking of crack, uh, David Boy Smith apparently had spent the entire summer smoking crack in a basement with Jimmy yes. Anvil Neidhart, which is why in that match, it's Lovely. the only match you can see Bret Hart talking does Bret Hart tell this story every time you mention this match? Of course he does. And then he talks about how good he is because Bret Hart is, if anything, again, a Canadian man from Alberta. Hey, Bret, who made this sandwich? Some guy that I paid because I'm good at paying people for sandwiches. <laughs> so uh, what you'll notice about me and uh, Davey's match was uh, not only did I have a great match with Davey, but I also... Uh, Fucked nine chicks that yeah, night. Yeah, none of them were my wife, and I made her be on the phone for all of their orgasms, letting my wife know. And she said every time they had an orgasm, she said, you're good at this, Brett. And I said, I am. Yeah, go tell my dad, though. Okay. <laughs> he's just not like, he's like conceited and annoying the way a real person is. He isn't conceited and annoying in the way of like a yeah, wrestler. Yeah, no, he's, he's very. That's why no one ever, the subtleties of he's his. He's also very Canadian conceited because canada is very much a place where it's like i'm pretty you know how fucking good i am at fucking renovations doug i'm fucking good at them but you know he's not saying great like you're like he's like i am i'm fucking adequate motherfucker like that's it's but if i was your age i'd beat you up it's that place yeah it's like but if i was your age if i was his age i'd be taller than lebron james You're 5'6". You've always been 5'6". No, but when I was his age, I was six, six, whatever he is, plus half. Yeah, Canada... I was 9'3". Canada is also very interesting. It's the only place where cities are towns in terms of attitude. Like, mm-hmm. Calgary is like a giant metroplex of a city, and it basically behaves like it's at like, yo, bud, you weren't at fucking Rass... You weren't at the Kelsey's having fucking cheap wine. What are you, fucking French now? <laughs> Calgary is a flea market, but they built buildings yeah, Cal- around it. That's Calgary what Calgary is. Calgary is basically a parking lot for strip clubs, and the strip club was closed down from the church, and everyone exa- is okay with that. Jerry Jarrett starts working with the D- WWF. Why is this important? Because basically Jerry Jarrett starts his working relationship because Vince McMahon, not explicitly, but the USWA starts to become a developmental territory, and not explicitly, I don't know if it was at this point, um, time frames are hazy here, but Jerry Jarrett's essentially eventually hired by the WWF because Vince is pretty pretty convinced he's going to jail and he wants Jerry to run the company in his and way. Bruce Pritchard Bruce Pritchard very ups- upset by that. Um constantly uh undermined Jerry Jarrett and then got a podcast and made fun of Jerry Jarrett on it even though everyone else in wrestling is like no Jerry Jarrett's incredibly competent. You're just a little baby. Yeah, and also, like, if there's one guy who's going to save your money, it's Jerry Jarrett, I own a house, everyone else, I, who works for me other than Jerry Lawler, stays in the same apartment on top of each other. No, they can't afford a bed. Their friends are their beds. The person lowest on the card is everyone's bed, and then at the higher you get up on the card, the more people you get to sleep Supposedly on top of. Supposedly, when this came in, Jerry Jarrett was like, all right, any of you on steroids got to get off steroids, and Dutch Mantel went, Jerry, we work for you. We're not even on food. <laughs> Proving again. Oh, Dutch, that's really Dutch funny. Mantel. Fuck me, does he? Goddamn. D- Dutch Mantel is everything I want in a wrestler. Just a nice hairy man with a big mustache who's. Did I fight in Vietnam? That's between me and no one else. Unlike Je- Je- Jesse Ventura, who's like, What are you eating? Wong Tong soups? You know what's close to wa- the, where Wong Tong soup is from? 
Vietnam, where I fought because I'm a Navy SEAL and a fighter. <laughs> I'm a fighter. I beat up. Have you ever heard of Osama bin Laden? He's not. I killed him in 1995 when I was the governor. Hit of him with the sleeper hold. Then he pretended to die years later for Barack Osama. Bin Laden, Obama. That's me. I'm Jesse Ventura. <laughs> I'm going to be running for president. I'm going to win. And it's absolutely a cabal that the political parties, even though I haven't actually been democratically elected in any primary, that they won't let me run for president because everyone should be allowed to run for president. My vice president is Joe Exotic, who I will not pardon, and he will <laughs> be the vice president from prison. I'm a fighter. So your final WWE Champion of the Year is crowned, and his name is... Jesse the Body Brett <laughs> the Clint Manhart. October 12, 1992, one day after... A young Dylan got turns seven years old. His own his own present has got to him because he wins the championship in Saskatoon, Saskatchewan on a house show. They would do this from time to time because they'd be like, please fucking see our house shows. That's still a way we make money. They never, by the way, have ever aired this on television. It's available on one Coliseum video home release, and I think you can find it on the network. Part of the reason why was Vince was sick and tired of Ric Flair's attitude, feeling that he was a much more Southern champion and couldn't get over with the Northern audience. This has basically been retconned to, no, 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 Vince was just like, you need to go help WCW, competition's important. And he took the belt off of Rick and put it on to Brett. Brett thought he was going to be fired because he changed his actual story, not wrestling, wrestler review embellishment. Instead, Vince McMahon flew in Stu Hart so he could watch his the top spot in the company, which must have been amazing for Stu Hart to get to be on an airplane, which he thinks is a bird. <laughs> Why am not taking okay, it? I better, uh, you better get some vomit ready in case I need to feed this bird. Helen, <laughs> 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 hey, I just want to let you know I, I fed the bird and then they asked me to stay in Calgary because I guess I puked on an airplane. <laughs> <laughs> the WWF desperately wanted a new baby face. Brett was their best option. Because Warrior's fucking nuts. Hogan's off doing movies more and more. Hulk Hogan thinks he's going to be popular as a movie star. And turns out he's fucking not. Wrong. Dylan. Okay, Dylan's good. wrong. Those movies are misunderstood. They are the, they're the mm -hmm. Andy Warhol pieces of the 90s. <laughs> Michaels, Shawn Michaels, that is, beats the British Bulldog. Because the British Bulldog wasn't even supposed to win the SummerSlam title and the the place. Sorry, the Intercontinental title at SummerSlam. It was supposed to be Sean McHale's, but then of course um, they move it to England. So Vince makes the great decision to actually put someone over in their hometown, which is not something he likes to do. But Michaels beats the Bulldog because the Bulldog is testing positive for steroids all of over course. the place, and Shawn Michaels can wrestle on drugs in a way that the British Bulldog Well, cannot. it's because the British Bulldog, when he does drugs, he does it to party. Shawn Michaels, I guarantee, is one of those annoying people that's like, oh, let's do a bump and go to dinner. And you're saying, oh, shut up. <laughs> uh, Survivor Series is November 25th, and the fucking roster is so raked by this point that it's been, what has it been? It's been fucking like seven months? Hogan's not there. Warrior's not there. Yeah. This is the first pay-per-view in the history of the company that neither one of those guys appear on. And by the way, the yep. tag team main event that it was built around, which was originally supposed to be Macho Man Warrior, that became Macho Man Piper versus Razor Ramon and Ric Flair. Razor Ramon, by the way, quietly debuted at this time period, is 
fucking awesome. It's such a fucking good match. It's got so much energy, so much emotion. You see Flair, like, so angry that Piper has betrayed him, by the way, or um, Perfect, by the way, had betrayed him because Mr. Perfect had been serving as Flair's manager during the Lloyds of London insurance scam that Kurt Henning was running, and then Kurt Henning was discovered or wanted to wrestle again. Yet, da 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 da. The thing that's very interesting is not big stars. The work rate at this time in the company is so much better. It's so the, all the matches are interesting. Owen Hart is wearing Zumba pants. Kamala and Undertaker have the first casket match, which was a rematch Mm -hmm. from SummerSlam. Kamala, of course, uh, is one of the more racist things that Vince McMahon's ever put on television. Oh, they had Papa Shango and Kamala in the same company. Cool. So basically, The Undertaker has taken over the Hulk Hogan role of, he's fat, I'll beat him up. Absolutely. And Undertaker clearly still has a chip... Rest in peace of natural causes, fatty. You will rest in my back is sore. <laughs> this is probably when the Undertaker starts using the fucking choke slam as a move because Sid is out of the company and he needs some way to beat to beat these fat fucks. No, because this is when the Undertaker can still move, uh, can still like jive and move. The choke slam comes in the Attitude Era when he's considering. Well, this is when he still danced. The Undertaker shuffle, as we this all. This is when know. he would still do the old school before it had a name. It was just a fun, cool move. Yeah, yeah. This is when he came out to the Monster Mash yeah, dancing. Yeah. We did the mash. It was the. I'm the oh Undertaker. The Undertaker mash. Quiet. Everyone, be quiet and respect police and don't question them. The Undertaker mash. <laughs> blue Lives Matter mash. It's the Blue Lives Matter mash. I only have daughters, and I'm sad about that. The Undertaker mash. The Undertaker mash. <laughs> so. This is a very important event because November 25th, of course, the buy rate, we should say, we're doing this, was down 100,000 from, uh, it was down three to 300,000, pardon me, from 400,000 the previous year. It was actually, this is crazy, this is actually, the buy rate was going to be like 100,000 people for this match, but then 200,000 people bought it last minute because why, John? I have no idea. The greatest blow-off match in the history of professional wrestling happens. The big boss man beats Nails in a nightstick <laughs> on a pole match. I was so invested in that match as a kid. I fucking hated Nails. How dare oh, he? Nails came in like, why isn't it a prisoner ever coming out? And then it's this fucking terrifying, gravel-voiced maniac. Like, you're yeah. like, oh, God. like the big boss man's in trouble here. With a comb-over. Oh, it's so comb-over. Well, it was like a guy who is way bigger than the big boss man and actually muscular. And then the big boss man is just this like large fat guy. You're like, oh, no, he's going to beat the fat guy up. Oh, no. Oh, no. It's going to be what my high school will be. (laughs) Um, But also we were both the big boss man in high school, including the teachers. Ooh, I'm big. I'm still the big sauce man. You know what I mean? I'm fucking hammered all day. <laughs> Yolo. I have a problem. Uh, I would more like to say it's a <laughs> solution. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm a one. Big boss man bitch. beats nails. Nightstick on a pole match. The greatest match in professional wrestling history. The big boss man is the greatest wrestler in professional wrestling history. Boss man never die. Bret Hart beat Shawn Michaels. The submission match for the WWF title. Um. Not both titles were on the line. It was Intercontinental versus World Title. And let me tell you this, maybe the most under, not underappreciated, but 
under hype like this is bret hart is very much in i'm going to keep comparing him to cm punk because i do think it's apt but further than cm punk it's like chris jericho's first title reign where it's like he's the champion but he's in no way the top of the card they're really still uncomfortable with having a guy who's not seven not six and a half feet tall um be your star and also it's a completely different champion bret hart is so much more of a nwa champion he is the son of a wrestler, he has good meat and potatoes promos, but not too crazy, and he's a great worker. It's basically like if they put the title on Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. Yeah, which again, Vince would never do for a variety of reasons that we're not going to do because we don't want to be by morality. But, like you said, very good draw in Europe. Everyone loved him in Europe, so... He's a fucking, and they've just started expanding into Europe. And oddly, that SummerSlam match was supposed to make Davy Boy Smith, but it ends up making your boy Bret Hart a fucking huge now star over there the instead. Boss, throwback Tell me, because we have gone longy bongy today. Uh, it is December fourteenth at a Superstars taping in Greece. Dylan and mine's mortal enemy nails corners Vince McMahon in his office, screams at him, puts him in a chokehold. Bret Hart knocking was. Nails felt he had been shorted on his payday. Instead of talking, his plan was to murder Vince McMahon. A host of officials quickly <laughs> immediately fired shortly after um, Nails uh, called the police and claimed that Vince McMahon had made a sexual pass at him. Uh, also in December, Jerry Lawler publicly disparaged the company after it uh, then joins as a heel. Whoa, yeah. Nails knocked Vince McMahon down and then went to choke him to death. Cool. Why? You won't give me money? All right. I will take your body and use that to buy gravy. Um. <laughs> Nails, I didn't know this, but had been in the WWF for like three years before he debuted. What? As who? Yeah. I mean, this is according to Wikipedia, but Wikipedia lists uh, Nails as being in the WWF from 1989 till 1992 and pretty much started wrestling in 1991. Oh, I know what happened, actually, is he signed a contract and then was in jail in, smoke, in Stone Mountain, Georgia. That's why. Oh, no, that's actually true. He was in real jail. This is actually a documentary. That's what the WWF yeah, yeah, yeah. is. The WWF is making a mur- making the murder, but making a murderer, but we're on the prosecutor's side. Oh, that's really cool, actually. Do you know what, John? What's your favorite thing about 1992, you fuckface? Vince McMahon lost a lot of money because he's a monster, and that's great. My favorite thing about 1992 is the big boss man beating nails course, in a nightstick on a pole match. What's you, what? I think the worst thing is that Vince McMahon's a criminal and he hasn't been convicted of any crimes yet. John, what's the worst thing? It's exactly the same. The worst thing about this is that all of the things that Vince McMahon definitely had his hand in that were terrible and got away with all of them. Welcome to No Justice For You, Justice For Me. I'm Vince McMahon, apparently. Hey, uh, do you want to have a party? This is me asking Vince McMahon. Here's Vince McMahon's answer. What, are we going to cover up some assaults and pedophilia? No. Well, there's not a party. That's Vince McMahon. That's not a party. That's just mourning, then. You do your covering up in the... (laughs) Jesus Christ. (laughs) Um... Thank you very much for listening, guys. You guys are fucking the tits, brah. Thank you. If you guys like this podcast, you can donate on Patreon. Everyone knows that. Patreon.com backslash wrestler review. If you don't want to donate... Tell somebody. We need more listeners. That'd be fun. Tell somebody about the wrestler review and then preface it with, do you like cum? And if they are like, what? Stop talking. Just switch the subject. I'm done with the, why are you guys talking about cum chat? This this is then not the podcast for you. Go listen to the Laps fan and listen to two people make bad jokes for eight hours when you can come to us and listen to two people make bad jokes for one hour. 
Still not. <laughs> Still bad jokes. Just less of your goddamn exactly. day. Also, if you could just get some Pornhub, uh, get some X videos, get some Four Tube, get some Red Tube fucking logins. And if someone comments "good to blowjob," then reply to their comment. You look like you would like the Wrestler <laughs> Review podcast, and then just <laughs> put our link. I know. Uh, I know. Uh, faithful listener. Uncle D will uh, Uncle D will do that for us. Please, everyone, just <laughs> do that, please. Or video responses. I don't know if they let you do that. It used to let you do it for YouTube videos, but do a video response for porn videos and just be like, oh, if you liked this porn wrestler review podcast is definitely your f- favorite. If you have a webcam membership and you can just ask the lady that's leading the jerk-off instruction, yeah. just tr- random wrestling trivia. Oh, I'm fe- oh, the dildo's in my pussy. If I could just get a screen grab of then someone just being like, um, so what was Nails' real name? <laughs> yeah. Uh, you would really turn me on if you listen to the Wrestler Review podcast right now. Is Yolo. your dick hard? Uh, no, because they haven't dropped 1992 yet, and I want to know. That. Yeah, if any women are doms in here, then that would be oh, good to get them point, like, yeah. listen to the podcast, you fucking pig. Yeah. If you could also, if any of you are into financial domination, you could get your banker just to the Patreon as 10 grand. That'd be awesome as well. <laughs> that would actually be so fucking sick. Um, thanks for listening at wrestler review on Twitter and Instagram, the wrestler review podcast on Facebook. We will be returning to having Instagram lives this Tuesday, 3 PM Eastern yeah, time, noon Pacific. Day. Yeah. Why? Because we don't want to be terrible people to that extent. Thanks very much for listening, guys. You guys are the best. Spread the word. Rate us on iTunes. Come to our house. Jack us off with your feet. Goodbye. Oh, the feet.